Welcome back to the Nebraska Athletic Department podcast. This is episode three. Brian, we have actual football to talk about. We're not talking about media day and looking at practice anymore. We actually have been to practice and have seen real football. Um, we're roughly almost a weekend to uh, fall camp. Um, what's some things that have jumped out to you from watching practice? Well, it's very spirited and high energy, and I think Scott's very pleased with retention from spring until fall. That is, players still knowing the playbook, not falling back, remembering everything they did in the spring, and it's really made the transition into fall very easy. And I I think uh, Eric Hernander was one, the defensive coordinator, that said that he was actually kind of surprised that the retention rate was that high. So... You combine that with the enthusiasm and the high energy that that Scott would like to see from practice to practice, and they are getting better day by day, as that saying goes, but they take that literally. So that's good to see, too. I think it's been a a good first week of the preseason camp for the Huskers. Huskers. So we heard from Coach Frost last Thursday at a preseason press conference. Scott actually hasn't talked to the media yet. He'll do that tomorrow. So we've heard from Coach Jander. We've heard from Coach uh, Walters and some various other uh, assistant coaches and players. Um, so, yeah, I'm interested to see what Scott says tomorrow. Um, have you kind of gotten the, I guess, thought from listening to the coordinators and the assistants that they are, I don't know if the word would be pleased, but maybe have been a little surprised with how maybe well camp has gone so far? Yeah, I, I think so, and that goes back to what uh, Coach Nander was saying about the retention level from – from spring until fall. I don't I don't know that they necessarily knew what to expect, just this being still the first year and them getting to know the players. And, you know, maybe they thought they were going to forget everything from spring and they'd have to start, start from scratch in the fall. I don't think that's the case. But I do think that they're pleasantly surprised with the amount of work the players did on their own over the summer as far as sticking their nose in the playbook and... Obviously, the strength and conditioning is something they can do with Zach Duvall, but obviously they did a lot of stuff on their own, too. Otherwise, we wouldn't be hearing the coaches praise the players as they have been so far for doing the things they have uh, with the playbook, and then that translates to on the field, and I think it gives them a leg up into fall camp. So, yeah, I definitely get that feeling from a, a lot of the coaches that they're very, very pleased with what the players did with their time in the offseason, which was stick with football and and keep that energy level quite high yeah it seems like they're not to go i mean from other coaches you hear kind of the coach speak things and not that you don't still hear some of that but it seems like they're kind of overly surprised with how well these first couple practices have gone one one group that i feel like we've kind of heard that from is maybe the secondary and i i think maybe going in that was especially because of depth was a position they weren't sure what they were going to have and one big addition to that has been uh, Trey Neal, who joined from UCF. Uh, wasn't on campus until just about a week ago because he was uh, graduating from there. But I think, obviously, he's familiar with the coaching staff because he played for them last year. And I think something that fans probably forget is how important a position he plays is safety, how important that position is on a defense because basically your job is to get everyone lined up. And that's probably something I would assume that the coaches could have been worried about was getting everyone in the right position. Having someone there that can get everyone in the right position is a major step. So I'm, I'm sure having him in camp has helped that position out group out quite a bit. And I think it's a, a position group that really 
did work hard in the offseason. I think it's probably the most improved mm-hmm. position group from spring until fall camp, uh, preseason camp. And you you heard Eric say that after practice the other day that he was uh, – I don't know if the word concerned, but in the spring he, he, he realized the secondary had a lot of work to do. And just a week into fall camp, preseason camp he's he's very pleased with what he's seen from the secondary and I think it goes back to additions like Trey Neal as you said somebody who knows the coaching staff and and can help point out things here and there uh they also have a Jojo Dolman who's back and he's been making some plays in in fall camp after the the second of two ACL injuries in his mm-hmm. career you know he's he's back and not wearing braces or anything on his knees he's just going out there and playing and doing well so they have more bodies back there. I think that helps. And I just think overall that they, they've really picked up on the system. And again, if there was a position group that you had to pinpoint that probably improved the most from spring until now, I'd say it's probably the secondary. Yeah, I don't think I could uh, disagree with you on that. Um, you know, one of the big things that was made when this coaching staff came is was the pace they play at, specifically in offense. Um, what What's your thoughts so far on from a tempo, it's, I guess it's hard to see that because we're not in game situations yet, but do you feel like uh, tempo at practice is different than what we've seen, not necessarily just the last staff, but even farther back? It just seems like, from my opinion, it seems like there's a lot more going on at there's, practice. There's not as much. Everybody's doing something, yes. and that goes back to the Tom Osborne regime. And uh, as we all know, Scott Frost is emulating a lot of mm-hmm. what Tom Osborne did, and one of those things was – there weren't a lot of people standing around at practice doing nothing and past staffs and even current staffs out of the schools probably do it that way where they're just focusing on certain things and then you have players off to the side watching or whatnot but that'll really ramp up come a couple of weeks when the 110 roster expands to include all the walk-ons and the entire team then you're going to have mega stations oh yeah uh, walk-ons going up against walk-ons, and and then you'll really see it where every every there's something going on everywhere, and yeah, you'll be I want to say we're around 143, so yeah, you'll be adding at least another 30, 35 guys to practice here in a couple of weeks when when the roster expands, and that includes a couple of scholarship players who aren't on the 110. Mm-hmm. But um, most, most of them are walk-ons, but but yeah, going back to the pace, I, I, it's more than just the the hurry-up offense. It's it's the the pace of which they practice and go from station to station, and and just kind of the overall feel of the practice. It's just got a really up-tempo feel to it, and uh, they're not overly long practices right no. now. There's there's been a couple practices, maybe an hour and a half tops, and. They're going to throw a lot of those in, I think, in the preseason camp and, and, and you know, kind of uh, keep them fresh and don't overwork them, especially in the heat and everything. But they're practicing almost every day, though, too, so they have to take the required days off. But um, they're fitting a lot into a shorter period of time. And I think, again, that goes back to pace. You're able to do more and get more done in a shorter period of time if you're, you know, snap, snap, get to it. So. Yeah. And something that it's not new news, but something they are doing is practicing in the morning now. Um, most practices, I think, have been starting around 8, 8.30-ish, going to around 10, 30, 11. Um, I guess what's your thoughts on that? I, I personally, if I was a player, I think I would like that, getting to practice right away in the mornings, 
it's uh, the first thing I can do. It's fresh in my mind instead of going to class all day and then practice and all that stuff. And that's going to continue into school. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Scott's been really um, happy with working with our academic council and uh, people on campus in getting schedules set up so that they can t- continue to practice in the mornings and then let the guys get to class after that. Yeah, I think if I was a coach or player too, I, I would like to be able to get that done right away in the morning when you, as you mentioned, the, the players, everything's fresh in the morning and I think you probably get more out of them than you do after a long day of classes or meetings or, or whatnot. And and then you're done at night and then you still have homework to do or whatnot and then you turn around and do it. And, you know, it makes for a long day. You know? mm-hmm. They still have long days. Yes. I'm not saying that. It's just, I think it's kind of reversed and you, you get a lot of the tough stuff over with and then you have the rest of the day to you know do school work or go to meetings or um, play video games if you have a free time which there's not a lot of that right now but I, I think it's a good move and I don't see it changing unless for whatever reason um, I don't know academically a player's grades suffer because of the move I don't know I don't foresee that happening either but especially with the academic support Nebraska has, I, I, I don't think that would be a factor. That would be the only thing I could think of that might cause the change to go back because I, I think it's great. The players love it. Um, obviously, the coaches have done it before, and I, I think it's uh, the media likes it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, they can, Same thing. You can come in and get it done and, and, and be on with your day and not have to you know come here to practice and wait an hour and a half for interviews yeah. and then go back, and then you're writing your story, and then you're, you know, it's 9, 10 o'clock at night, and... You know, it makes for a long day, so yeah. I, I think it's good. Selfishly for us, it's uh, it's definitely nice because it's kind of part of the actual work day. And it's not you're here from eight to five, and then practice gets done at six, and then you're getting home at who knows what hour. And yeah, so exactly. yeah, having having the morning is nice, and it's not just a, a thing where they've decided, hey, let's let's just try that. I think uh, Coach Frost and the staff has put some research. Obviously, they've done it before, but they put some research into this and think that it is you know beneficial for the way that they practice that this mm-hmm. is the optimal time to have practice and so uh yeah it's not just done on, on a whim there um well kind of tied to football practice is you know uh, you mentioned jojo doman but also another guy that is back is trey bryant trey played mm-hmm. uh three games i believe last year two two games correct two games a game and a half actually. and um maybe i think yes two games um and basically you know, it was pretty up in the air when he had his surgery last year. What what was going to happen with him? Um, you had a chance to talk to him the other day. Wrote a feature on the website. Um, I know it's it's up. Um, kind of the first real in depth interview anyone's had with Trey since his since his uh, injury last season. Um, I guess what did what was what did you get from him? I know he's really excited to be back. And um, did you learn anything from his process and what he's looking to do this year? Well, I, I, you heard talk or rumors about how bad his knee was and if he could play again or whatnot, and he, he did kind of verify, well, he did verify that the doctor told him after the surgery that, you know, it was a 50-50 chance that he would ever play football again. So he had that facing him right from the get-go, the, the, the fact that he might not play again. I think he obviously used that as motivation, and uh, he didn't let that deter him or really affect him negatively he just took it as another football injury and and really rehabbed hard uh had great help from the athletic training staff here and the doctors and you saw him tweet a few videos and pictures throughout the off season and summer of the progress he was making and, and you thought then well then maybe these you know maybe he's got a shot and 
I think the coaches all summer were were very cautiously optimistic, and they're still cautious with him. He's not he's one hundred percent as far as what he can do in camp, but they're not overworking him or actually working him a lot because again they're being cautious with that knee. So you may not see see him have as many reps as. Uh, Divino Zigbo or Mikhail Wilbon or even a Maurice Washington, but that's not because he's not healthy. It's just because they're right now really being cautious and careful with that knee as, uh, as you know, they want any setbacks or uh, another occurrence of that knee injury. And he didn't really go into specifics with what the knee injury was or what kind of surgery he had. And, you know, I guess that's neither here nor there, but he went into training camp last year with a knee problem that surfaced during camp and then he thought that uh, going into the season it was it would probably be a tough go and sure enough the second game of the year against Oregon first drive of the third quarter he goes down and did a lot of rehab and and, and tried to come back and then October came and he just decided hey this isn't working it's uh let's call it a season and, and get the surgery done and get back for next year the good news is is that it sounds like he will be granted a medical hardship. That's nothing 100% confirmed. It's like 99.5% that it will happen. So actually he will be listed as a sophomore this year and then including this year have three seasons of eligibility remaining. So he can get that year back because he only played in two games last year. So that's really good news too. But he's healthy. He's got a great attitude, a great head on his shoulders, and is happy to be part of a, a really talented group of running backs. He's not worried about the starting job or expecting it because, again, no matter who gets it, they're going to be using a lot of running backs in this offense anyway. So just because you're the number one guy uh, doesn't mean you'll finish, doesn't mean that you'll get a, the most amount of reps in a game. It just means you're the first guy out there. So. This is one of those seasons that I just don't think the starting running back is a is a huge deal. Um, so if it's him, if it's Divino Zigbo or Maurice Washington or whoever it is, there's still going to be a lot of running backs coming in and out, and, and Trey Bryant will be one of those. Yeah, and to go back to your point um, about his eligibility, I know that got brought up at the press conference last week, and I don't think at the time Scott really knew how to, to answer it because, like you said, it, nothing is confirmed this time. Our our compliance department's obviously been working on that basically for those who don't know, it's a it's a waiver thing that gets put into the Big Ten and the NCAA, and um, it, they have to grant it or not grant it. But, yes, from the outside, it, it seems like something will be granted. Right now he's listed on our roster as a junior, but as long as um, he gets a medical hardship from last year, then he'll move to a sophomore and obviously have three more three more years of eligibility. And that's the expectation. Um I would be very surprised if that didn't happen, but none of that's been confirmed right now. So as of now, he's a junior, but uh, hopefully sometime before the start of the season, we'll, we'll get that confirmed. Um, you just talked about Maurice Washington. I know he was a kind of a hot name yesterday at practice. So for those that don't know, Maurice was part of the recruiting class um, last year, but um, had some things to get through academically this summer, got through them all worked hard got here on campus I think just I think he got here actually last Thursday because I think at Scott's press conference he said he'll be he'll be here today Um, I know both coaches and players both had some high praise to say about him um, yesterday after practice Uh, did you kind of catch that from any of the different groups you were listening to during the media session yeah the quarterbacks talked yesterday and uh, Tristan and, and Adrian both commented about 
how how fast he is and how Husker Nation would be pleasantly surprised when, when he gets in there. And the concern was, as you mentioned, he didn't get here until Thursday. So, gosh, what's this guy going to be like? Is he in shape? Has he done anything? Has he sitting in his bed all summer long or, or whatnot? But he came in in at least decent, if not very good shape, and has been running fast, Has and he's quick, quick and fast. I think there's two different terms there, actually. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, quick as far as making moves, fast as far as speed, and and seems to be a fun guy. Just from I haven't talked to him yet, but from what other people were saying and following some of his tweets, he he seems to be having a lot of fun. Of of course, he's not been in the weight room yet. He's got to put on some weight. We all know that. That's you know not rocket science, and that'll happen. But if you're gonna play running back in the Big Ten. You probably got to have a little bit on you. But the way he is now, it's it's like uh, I don't know which coach said it yesterday that you know if it's not fixed or if it's not broken, don't, you know don't have to mm-hmm. fix it. So just leave it alone. So I, as of right now, I don't think they're really concerned about that. And again, it's not like he'll get the ball thirty-five times a game or anything like that. He'll be a, a supplemental running back. I think all of them will be. And as a matter of fact, I don't necessarily see anyone running back getting thirty, thirty-five carries a, yeah. a game in this offense. So it's not like he's got to come out of the gate right away and endure a lot of wear and tear it's not like that but yeah you're right in the big 10 you've got to you got to put on some weight and he'll and he'll do that but uh he seems like a very excitable running back from what everybody's saying yeah i know uh paraphrasing what coach walter said but you know he said he's got some of those traits that you can't teach when it comes to movability quick cuts things like that and absolutely so that's exciting to see um anything else from practice that maybe we haven't talked about that you've noticed or I just see more energy. It seems like I know one thing they talked about, I believe it was in the spring uh, during one of the media availabilities was making football fun for guys again. And I get that last year you go four and eight. Mm-hmm. Um, it's tough to have fun when you go four and eight. And that was one of the, co- the staff's goals was to make football fun again for guys and have their head up and, you know, just be excited to be at practice. And I feel like that's, through the first week of practice seems accomplished. It seems like there's guys all over the field, um, you know, getting after with each each other, but also complimenting each other. And um, it just seems like football practice is fun again, which is something you probably didn't see at the end of the last season. I've noticed that. And another thing I've noticed, and I probably shouldn't say it because, I'll, I'll, you know, jinx something or have to knock on wood here, everything, but it goes back to Central Florida, though, and they didn't have a lot of like soft tissue injuries or and i just thought the other day that you know a week into camp and everybody's still prime you know you don't see a lot of those nagging injuries or people sitting out of practice or two nursing this mm-hmm. or nursing that and i hope that continues um of course every fall camp there seems to be one major injury and again you hope you avoid that but chances are we still have three weeks you never know what might happen so you know there's there's that of course but i'm talking more of the the aches and pains and nicks and the soft tissue stuff again that um i can't remember what the stat was but it seemed like they didn't have any soft tissue injuries at all or didn't have any players miss games because of that or something i had to go back and look but i've noticed that the other day i was like wow everybody's out here doing things you don't see a lot of guys in the sideline nursing a ankle yeah. or a groin or whatever it might be. And I would say, obviously, I don't follow every program across the country, but it seems like we've been nicked by that over the last couple of years on the exact opposite end. We've seen a lot of those type of injuries. So, and, and that's why it sticks out, I guess, is because, yeah. again, I, it, 
you're used to going to a practice in fall camp and seeing five, six, seven guys sitting out. Some precautionary, mm-hmm. some not. You know, just but everybody's been out there doing something. So partially because they want to be out there, and again, I, I think that goes back to the the strength and conditioning and training and 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 the lack of of those injuries. And I I don't know how you go about preventing them, but whatever the staff does, it seems to be doing that. Mm-hmm. So keep it up and. Is that wood? <laughs> uh, some form of it's nice. fake wood. Yeah, close enough. Okay. Um, well, for the, you know, I, I I think we've covered about everything we can cover in football without giving anything away that uh, coaches probably would not be happy if we said on on the air. So uh, let's move over to another sport that has started practice. Uh, you mean I'm not supposed to say who the starting quarterback <laughs> is? <laughs> I'd like to keep my job. So yeah. <laughs> I, and honestly, I don't. I don't. I don't think. I'm uh, kidding. I don't uh, know exactly. Yeah. We do work here at the university uh, in the athletic department, but uh, very rarely do we actually know many things that most other media members or fans don't know. So there's not a whole lot of inside information that we really would know. Um, well, there's another team that started practices. It's uh, that team that won a national championship last year, uh, the volleyball team. I know they had a media availability the other day. They obviously have a lot of talented players coming back. Michaela Fecky, Jazz Sweet, Kenzie Maloney, uh, Lauren Stiverens. I know I'm sorry, I'm probably missing a couple people as well, but they're also replacing um, a lot of talented pieces as well. Um, Kelly Hunter, Brianna Holman, uh, Annika Albrecht, Sydney Townsend. I believe that's the four seniors from last year. Correct. Um, as usual, I think Coach Cook would probably want to uh, temper expectations, and I think last year not just coach cook but i don't think anyone thought this team the team last year would be uh you know definitely not a national championship call for a team but you know they probably thought they were a early ncaa tournament team you know if we make it to the sweet 16 that's that's great um i guess what uh have have you talked to anyone regarding the volleyball team this year and kind of what's what's their thoughts going into the season well i went to the the preseason news conference that you mentioned the other day and you know talked just off record with a couple of people about the team but you know, they're ranked preseason number two in the ABCA preseason poll. And personally, I was like, wow, that's that's pretty good, mm-hmm. considering they lose four seniors, uh, a lot of whom started a lot of matches, including Kelly Hunter and uh, Brianna Holman, as you mentioned. And you lose your setter, and that's like you, was, you know, losing your quarterback. Yeah. And that's in, in, in volleyball. So, that you know, those are some huge losses. And... For them to be ranked number two, I thought was pretty cool. And then you put that on Twitter, and everybody's like, "How they're, oh my gosh, they're getting disrespected, and why aren't they number one?" And this, that. And I was like, "Do you not realize that they lost a lot from last yeah. year?" Granted, they do have Michaela Fecky back, and she led the team in kills, and she's really, really good. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of comparable if you look at but, it from the football. St- somewhat of a we're using the football analogy, which I know Co- Coach Cook likes to use a lot. Is um, Michaela Fecky, if she's your Stanley Morgan, it's great having a great um, outside hitter receiver, but you have to have someone that gets in the ball. And like you said, they yeah. lost their quarterback in, in Kelly Hunter, and they have a highly talented freshman uh, setter coming in. And, exactly. But those are those are big shoes for her to fill. And, and we don't know. And, it, and it, it could go the other way. I mean, you know, Nicklin Haynes is who we're talking about, mm-hmm. and a very highly touted setter, and she might come in and be the next Kelly Hunter and make the transition seamless and – they might go undefeated, and I might look stupid for saying they should have been <laughs> lower than number two when everybody else, should, you know, 
thought they should be number one, but I don't I don't think you could rank this team number one just based off of last year alone, considering considering how much they lost. Yep. So in my opinion, the fact that they were ranked as high as they are as number two, I, I think is a great sign of respect for this program yep. because Gosh, you, you you know you lose your four starters, in, including your setter, and you're, you're still ranked that highly in in the in the Big Ten too. Which we all know that if you go through the Big Ten gauntlet undefeated or with one or two losses, as, as Coach Cook has said, that's almost better than winning the national championship because of how good the Big Ten is. So, and again, there I think there were six Big Ten teams, seven Big Ten teams in the top twenty-five. I don't have all of them in front of me right now, but. Um, yeah, I mean, the expectations are high. It sounds like for the first time ever, they will sell out the red-white spring, or not spring scrimmage, but the red-white scrimmage at Devaney, which is the same day as football fan day. And I believe the scrimmage is at 3 p.m. And then fan day will follow at Memorial Stadium after that. So that'll be quite a festive day for Nebraska fans. And they've never sold out the red-white scrimmage before, but it sounds like they're going to this year. So again, expectations are high. You know, last year, Coach Cook talked about reinventing himself and, you know, he had new assistant coaches and all these newcomers and 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 they did that. And I, I think it was one of the most rewarding coaching experiences for him in his career last year. And now it's kind of the same thing again. I mean, they have eight newcomers, a lot of them freshmen, uh, a couple of late additions as far as newcomers, a new assistant coach and, um, you know, Coach Cook joked that if you added up the two ages of the assistant coaches, they don't equal his age. And so that shows some youth there. And I, I think it'll be another fun year for the volleyball team. And I, I, I know that Coach Cook is looking forward to it. So One other addition, uh, newcomer this year, is Lexi Sun, who I think people know about because uh, her addition was way back in the uh, – I think she announced that she was coming here way back in the uh, during the spring semester. But uh, she's a transfer from Texas. Had a really good year last year as a freshman. Was an honorable honorable mention All American. Um, was I think unanimous first team All Big Twelve. So I'm sure Coach Cook's happy to have her on the roster. Um, and you were talking about coaches. One thing about Coach Cook is he hasn't really had a I don't know if I'd call it stable assistant coaching staff because his program does so well that his assistant coaches are constantly getting pulled away for head coaching jobs in new places. And mm-hmm. so. Um, he has a new assistant coach this year, um, uh, Coach Reyes. And so not only is breaking in new players, breaking in new assistants, and I don't know, the work that Coach Cook does every year is just, it's astounding yeah. the, the way he keeps his program up at the level it is. And, and going back to center, uh, to, to Setter, we, we talk about Nicklin Hames, and she's not been named the, the starter. There's, you know, there's competition right. there, too. There, there's three setters working to earn that number one spot and uh one of the late newcomers i mentioned uh, a junior transfer mari krakova and another transfer late brooke smith who was here Former once yep. and then transferred to kansas state and now she transferred back to nebraska she's a senior this year so but based on the fact that you know nicklin is the number one setter in the country the number four overall recruit in the country uh, she's been here all summer long. The other two have not. I just think that probably, if you add it all up, that probably gives her the leg up in the competition. Yep. But again, there's there's been no starter name there, so there is a three-way battle for setter, just like there's a three-way battle for quarterback mm-hmm. here in Nebraska. So, but I, 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 I unlike quarterback, I think there's probably a clear 
uh, name to keep an eye on, and that obviously is Nicklin Hayden. So uh, it'll be an uh, interesting next couple of weeks for the volleyball team in practice, and they have some long practices. They go for three, three and a half hours twice a day. I yeah, mean, they, unlike football, that football yeah. doesn't do two a days anymore. Nope. But uh, volleyball, the, they do do some two a days. I think they've even done some three a days maybe <laughs> in the past. So yeah. they, I know I don't know that for sure, but I know they get after it, and they have some really long, intense practices and. And, and this fall, this August, will be uh, will be no different for them. So, yeah, and let's see. Uh, so, like you said, they've got their uh, red white inner squad type of scrimmage um, next Saturday, and then, August eighteenth, and then they kick off the week after that. So, a week before football season kicks off on September first, the volleyball team opens the season uh, August twenty fourth, I believe, and it'll be a rematch of the final match of last season against Florida. They'll be hosting uh, Florida, Texas, and Oregon for the Vert Challenge. They won't be playing Texas. They'll play Florida on Friday and Oregon on Saturday. And I believe there'll be a national championship banner um, unveiled, I would assume, on the uh, Friday night, but I guess I'm not sure of that yet. But I would assume sometime on that weekend they'll unveil the new banner at the Devaney Center. So um, I don't think there's tickets available anymore. I know they put some single-game tickets available yesterday, and as usual, those uh, – get gobbled up pretty quick but um always check with uh huskers.com slash tickets or uh 1-800-8-BIG-RED there is a lot of people don't know there's standing room of tickets available for most matches um and given the uh close combines at the uh, devaney center a standing room ticket really isn't isn't that bad um my seats are actually only about five six rows in front of where the people for standing room only sit so uh <laughs> but you so, can yeah, sit i can sit um, but I think the staying room actually has like a table in front of you. So if you have drinks, uh, beverage, uh, something to eat, you can actually sit it there. So uh, not not a bad view. Uh, so we're going to bounce kind of out of uh, fall season and move to college basketball for a second because there was a lot of changes that came in college basketball yesterday. And um, from what I heard, I think on ESPN this morning that a lot of uh, – uh, people with like Team USA and not related to college basketball are pretty caught off guard by these changes. So there's been some changes to the recruiting calendar, um, some different different things on that. But obviously the biggest one is changes with the draft and how players are going to be eligible to not only go to the draft and if they don't get drafted, come back, but also sign an agent as long as there's no financial things going on. A lot of times when you sign an agent, agent can start Mm-hmm. giving you your family money if none of that goes on um you can actually go to the draft and then come back to college um and then there's actually another thing with high school kids that is still kind of a muddy area because they basically said elite high school kids which will be supposedly determined by team usa um but the nba still has their rule on age so until the nba really changes that that's not going to that's kind of a two-step process, but I guess what from the college aspect, what's what's your thoughts on that? And I see it as a positive. Yeah, I, I think it's a step in the right direction. I, I there's still a lot I think that needs to be done, but they're showing interest or signs of mm-hmm. trying to to fix things. And you know, if you scan Twitter, if you if you follow AAU a lot, some of the AAU folks were sweating, and I think that's a good thing. I, you know, they're trying to. Um, temper the AUs a little bit as far as the third party involvement and I think some of these things w- will help with that and I like the idea specifically of being able to declare for the draft and then if you're not drafted to still be eligible to inter- return to school I think that only makes sense I've never understood that you know just because you've declared that doesn't make you 
a professional until you actually exactly. do something. Just because you announce you want to be a professional does not mean you are a pro. So you've mm-hmm. done nothing to hurt your eligibility, your amateur status. You've not played for a pro team. Maybe you've worked out for one or something, but that's not the same thing. So I've never understood that. I think that's a, a long overdue thing. And I, I think that's, of all the things that went on yesterday, I think that's the biggest one and, and most positive in my mind. Yeah, the, the thing I've always, we've talked about this before, the NBA draft is something that's completely different from any other. MLB draft, for example, we've talked about 40-some rounds. I mean, it's forever. It's like a three-day process. The NFL draft, also a three-day process, but that's more for TV, and it's seven rounds. You have more possibilities. The, the NBA draft is two rounds, and I think there's. I feel like there's a lot of players, specifically freshmen and sophomores, that think they're ready for the NBA, and it's been shown over the last couple of years they go into the draft and don't get drafted, mm-hmm. and then what are you doing after that? I mean, you're probably going to the G League or going overseas to play. And not that there's kids that probably still won't do that, opposed to going back to school, but I'm with you. I don't understand why that hasn't been an option. If you're not signing with the team, you're not getting money from an agent, you haven't changed your amateur status, it makes no sense to not allow someone to come back to college. And I think another one yesterday was official visits are now from 5 to 15 or something like that. So that's significant as far as recruiting is concerned yeah uh well last thing i wanted to chat on and i'd feel uh, bad if we didn't was um the nebraska soccer team which actually somewhat kicks off their season tonight at the uh hidner soccer stadium here in lincoln they are hosting their uh, exhibition game they're hosting arkansas and then they kick off their season um at oklahoma and then host their uh, their regular season opener is going to be against BYU. I guess have have you been over to the Hibner Soccer Stadium for a match? I have not. Okay, I have not been. I will do that this fall though. Uh, the soccer stadium, it's a outstanding venue to watch soccer though. Yeah, it's our the so the soccer team they're actually in their twenty fifth season um, as a as a varsity sport here at, at uh, Nebraska. Coach John Walker has been the coach for all twenty five years. Um, I believe this will be their the the Hibner Soccer Stadium. I think they're in their fourth year. This is their third different venue the team's played at for quite a while. They played at uh, Abbott, the Abbott Sports Complex. Out. I have been out there before for yes. the match. Um, and then they played here on campus for quite a while. They played actually on the um, infield of the infield track. of the track. And then uh, they have this beautiful new stadium now. So like I said, they'll be. Uh, the regular season opens at Oklahoma on uh, next week from today, the 16th, and then the following Monday, they host BYU, um, Monday, August 20th. And so um, I think it's a great venue for families. Um, it's right off of basically Cornhusker, just north of the Devaney Center, if you've never been there. Um, have a play area kind of on the south side of the stadium for kids if you're getting a little uh, tired of it, or kids are getting a little tired of sitting around, they can go play. Um, but Coach Walker's got a pretty good team coming back. I know they have a really tough schedule. I was talking with Connor Stang, who's their uh, communications contact, and their schedule's really tough this year. They're playing, I believe, eight teams that qualified for the NCAA tournament last year, including uh, Duke, Baylor, and Penn State, who were in the Elite Eight. All those games are on the road. And then Duke made the College Cup, which is basically the Final Four for soccer. Um Got a lot of players coming back. They have three All-Big Ten players, I believe. They were All-Big Ten last year, and they're juniors this season. Um, Sinclair member Montes is probably the top one out of those. She was also an All-Region pick and um, did some training with Team USA over the summer. So 
uh, for all those uh, soccer fans in the area. Encourage you to come out, and it's affordable ticket as well. I believe you can you can probably get the family in for pretty cheap, maybe five bucks a piece. Um, I believe we actually have a promo where you buy three GA tickets, you get one free. So it's a very family friendly um, atmosphere. Um, other than that, I guess we're kind of just waiting for games to start. Let's go. I'm ready. Yeah. I think we're <laughs> three weeks from Saturday. Three weeks first. from Saturday is the first game. Um, I believe we should tickets have a countdown clock in here or something. are completely sold out. I know there's a few games this year where away teams have sent tickets yeah. back. So if you're looking to still get maybe a single game ticket for some Husker football games this year, uh, huskers.com slash tickets or call our ticket office at 1-800-8-BIG-RED. And um, I think it's going to be an exciting year. I think everyone's... Uh, I think that's kind of been uh, overstated quite a few times, but um, I don't know. I've, I'm excited for football season for the first. Uh, this is probably the most excited I've been in a while for football season. So, yeah, you and a lot of other people. Yeah, me. I'm sure not. I'm not the only one. Yeah. Well, uh, we're about 40 minutes in, so we'll, I think we'll call it a day for this. Uh, we'll watch some more practice over the uh, next week, and uh, hopefully, we'll have some more things to discuss next week. Oh, well, before we get off. Um, so tell people where to follow you at on Twitter because you've been posting some updates from practice and just other athletic department ramblings. Yeah. Um, G.B. Rosenthal. Correct. At, wanna, at G.B. Rosenthal. <laughs> there you go. Pretty G.B.R. Easy. G.B.R. Rosenthal. There you go. Uh, yeah. Nobody wants to follow me because I don't put anything exciting on Twitter. But uh, what? anything to plug? What are you, what are you working on for uh, – I guess for those that maybe well, this first time, we'll see what you... comes with football tomorrow. Okay. We have some interviews and Scott Frost and yes. some other players tomorrow, so we'll see what comes out of that, and um, probably some volleyball stuff to come up as well. But uh, this podcast, so okay. we'll see what football brings tomorrow. All right, always interesting stories. Usually, I'm sure there'll be something exciting. Hopefully, that uh, Coach Frost says tomorrow. Maybe he'll break the news and announce who the starting quarterback is. I'm gonna. I would be if I was a betting man. I would say that does not happen. But yeah, I doubt that happens tomorrow. I, I think the the uh, the Wi-Fi over at Memorial Stadium would probably go into meltdown mode because <laughs> of all the media members would be like freaking out on their phones. Yeah, and nobody would be asking any questions because everybody would be tweeting at yes, the same time. It'd be so. dead silence. So, okay. Well, that's it for uh, episode three. We'll be back uh, next week. Talk to you next week.